I'm Alex. And I'm Teddy. And I'm Spencer. And we are the Button Mappers. Hey, the Button Mappers. Ow, my neck. Teddy, are you blind? <laughs> uh, for this map out, maybe. It's part of the, the... You know, hold on. Okay. I'm blind. Well, hopefully you can see because one awesome thing you may have noticed, if you could, is that we have a guest today. And it's me. And it's Alex. Alex, so good to have you on the show. What's up, guys? I always wanted to join the button mappers ever since well, I was a little baby. Back in baby wear. Today's your tryout. Hopefully you pass and, and we decide to keep you around. We also have VG Mashup here, who's, you know, resident <laughs> mapper. Yeah, we'll, we'll be playing really close attention to Alex, you know. you know, No pressure, though. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What we didn't tell Alex actually was that this is a, a potential replacement. So if VG does better than you, and by that those parameters will Ooh. be the judge of, um, he'll be replacing you in the button mappers. So VG, I'm expecting you to throw out some really Alex lines one liners throughout the the episode. No no, he said better. Uh, that that, that would not work if I did that. Yeah, we want VG one-liners. <laughs> That's why. Would the show be without Donkey? <laughs> that Shrek, is true. <laughs> yeah, VG, it's so good to have you. How's uh, how's everything going, man? Great. Thank you very much. Glad to be back on. Thank you for having me, and looking forward to this. You're yeah. a resident tech expert and Xbox Brony, supposedly. <laughs> uh, definitely couldn't think of anyone better to bring on for Ori and the Blind Forest. You know, uh, you're into you know the the ori scene the xbox indie games etc so i think this will be quite a a mashup of map out today yeah, it should be fun the, that was the first game you did a game talk on right was the wisp one the second one all right yes okay well, Ori in the Blind Forest came out in... Oh, today we're doing a map out, obviously, of Ori in the Blind Forest. You clicked on it. You saw it. You should know that. But we are doing a map out of Ori in the Blind Forest. It's going to be a little but different than we usually do it. Oh. Before that, Spencer. <laughs> okay. If you if you want to join us over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, go, go right ahead. Also, sponsored today by Mountain Dew Energy. Head on over to Discord. And I will tell you which which flavor is my favorite. Spoilers, it's the pomegranate one. Also, if you're wondering why I have a neck pillow, it's because I <laughs> I uh I can't remember. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I have a neck strain because I went to a metal concert on Friday. What up, Malta Master? Uh <laughs> So, yeah, I'll be Woo! doing this one semi-Stephen Hawking style, but that won't hold us back from being a good episode. We can finally put that to use, Stephen Hawking style. Yeah, Stephen Hawking style. And, uh, well, if if you are checking us out on YouTube, make sure you click the like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell so you can see all of our cool content as soon as it comes out. And leave us a comment on how blind you are or 
your your assumptions. Ooh, ooh, put in the comments what song you think he threw his neck out to. Was it by Dying Fetus? <laughs> I know that. All right. So, Or in the Blind Forest came out in uh, 2015 on March 11th on the Xbox One and the PC. Uh, it is a action-adventure platformer, according to the wiki, but everyone really knows it as a Metroidvania. It's developed by Moon Studios, and the, the publisher now is Microsoft Studios. Um, what what do you guys remember about when this came out? What were your first impressions? And VG, you're a guest, so you can start out with us. I mean, my first impressions were just how beautiful the game was. And during the time when Xbox was really struggling to put out games, it really did stand out even more because that was a time where they really didn't have too much going on in terms of exclusives. They did have Cuphead as well, which was also sealing some of the show in similar fashion. But Ori, um, for, for Metroidvanias, just how beautiful it looks and how well it plays and how well it was received overall is is a standout. 2015. Wow, I didn't realize it was that early. I remember... Because like Cuphead was shown off at that time, but it came out in like 2017. But I remember like at that time, yeah, they were pushing for like more indie stuff on Xbox. Um, I had heard about this game for a while and people sang its praises and I didn't really have a way to play it for a bit. Uh, and then it came out on Switch in like 2019 or so. And I had a Switch, so I picked it up and I played a little bit and I enjoyed what I played. In 2015, right. I was drinking Mountain Dew, playing my... Uh, GameCube, and I didn't have an Xbox One, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I was like I wasn't jealous or anything about like Xbox owners getting to play this. I knew that it was a pretty cool game. It looked awesome. I'd watched a trailer. They used that signature song for the game that you hear throughout the entire game to hype it up. And like I remember seeing like a kind of a montage of like the epic platforming throughout the game. I thought, wow, that does look really good. But am I going to buy an Xbox to play it? No. Eventually, it did become multi-platform. But I ended up playing it when you guys got me the Series S uh, for this map out. And I don't regret it. Can you sing the song? I don't want to wait any longer. That was my reenactment, the concert on Friday, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, that sounds more like metal music. <laughs> Let's go for a Excellent. hybrid there, you know? <laughs> or in the blind force. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this I beat this game when it first came out. I played it on PC. Um, it's I always found it interesting that they kept labeling it as an indie game, and I think it really straddles the line between indie game and like triple a because it's definitely a smaller project but it it was backed always by clearly a lot of money so i i don't know i thought it was in a way deceiving with that and, and in a way trying to get like xbox trying to give themselves props for something that they, <laughs> clearly a, more of a budget too but um regardless of that that that's some different politics i think it's a great game and uh, the sequel is even better and it we'll probably end up talking like, about it. 
like e like EA did the same thing where they have like the their line of indie games the unravel and stuff. Yeah, unravel and mm. uh, <laughs> fee and um whatever way out and stuff where it's like yeah these are indie developers making I'm like you're like one of the richest companies in the world. <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? This is our indie game. We're gonna give it twenty minutes at E3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Uh but yeah, I think I think it, it it like brought in this weird thing where where AAA companies were starting to grasp onto the indie scene and like have their indie games that are not really indie because they're like <laughs> huge publishers. Mm. But I always found it kind of interesting. Uh, are you guys ready to start mapping out Ori in the Blind Forest? Put your blindfolds yeah. on, guys. We're heading in. Cane or a stick, whatever. A guy, what is it called? I'm, I'm not blind, so I, I, I don't use one. The little stick that you, you use when you're blind. I think that's what it's called. The stick you use when you're blind. Yeah, oh. that's what it is. You can buy, get one of the sight dogs. Yeah, I need a sight dog. Grab your Dog treats and <laughs> chicken wings. Can uh, I get a different animal? That's not a dog. I think par- a donkey. Yeah. Parakeet. A donkey? A donkey? <laughs> <laughs> a sight donkey? <laughs> Dude. If I'm oh going to run gosh. something to shit on my shoe. <laughs> there is a Shrek play on Netflix. Yeah. What? Was, yeah, the, the, the musical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's I've scary. seen it plenty of times. It's funny. Oh, yeah. But you've seen oh. it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I watched yeah. 10 minutes. Okay, VG, real before we start this map, I have to know what are the circumstances of you seeing it the first time and what are the circumstances of you seeing it many times? Okay, many times is not the uh, the greatest of analogies, but the circumstances are just you know, trying to find something to watch and it looked weird enough and interesting enough. So I was like, all right, let's watch it. Would you say And it wasn't one... it was Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it was it wasn't bad. It was it was actually pretty interesting. I would argue, man. I tried. Me and my sister were looking through Netflix one time, and we saw it, and we watched it for ten minutes. And the the the, the moment donkey, like a humanoid looking donkey, walked up, I about threw up. I was like, turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better at minute twelve. <laughs> Whoa! Can you give us a preview of what minute twelve will bring us? The same as minute one through eleven. No, I'm just Can kidding. You sing one of the songs. <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Anyways, the reason I brought oh it up God. is because, I don't know, well, I miss, I was actually picking the wrong one, but on Netflix, like, all the Shrek films are, like, in the top ten for some reason, but in the final chapter of Shrek, Shrek 3, there are dragon donkeys. Anyways, point made. Donkeys. They're called donkeys. Get ready for Shrek month, guys. Spencer? <laughs> You're gonna... Alright, <laughs> so today's today's map out is going to be a little bit different. Uh, after playing Ori in the Blind Forest, it doesn't really lend itself to your traditional map out. The, the areas are pretty samey. Um, so what we want, I wanted to do it in a, in a way that more followed the story, and we could just guide you through the game instead of mapping it out in the traditional sense. So the game starts out uh, more as a narrative, and... Um, we're introduced to the concept of the the spirit tree, and uh, it's slowly dying, and it takes the forest with it. And there's reasons why, but we'll we'll get into that later. Um, we're introduced to Naru, who is a uh, this um, I don't know what you would 
how you describe like a bear <laughs> or, or whatever. Miyazaki character. There you go. He's it's got me it. after Taco Bell. <laughs> it's basically and Alex. She... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Alex. Yeah, and Alex finds Ori and takes care of Ori as she, but I guess Alex's own. Alex, that was very generous of you. And tries to feed it. Uh, and then unfortunately in the process starves to death. Wanna fatten it up? <laughs> Passes on. Feed it mother's milk. <laughs> um, I'm lactating. Ori, I'm going to skip ahead through the story a little bit. Ori travels through the darkened forest of Nibel alone, scared and increasingly weakened from hunger. With the last of its strength, Ori crawls onto a log positioned in the foreground of the spirit tree and draws its last breath. At this, the spirit tree uses the last of its power to revive Ori, creating a vibrant display of white flowers. At this moment, the game officially starts. You're re revived as Ori, and uh, you're in the sunken glades. And you will meet Sign, a ball of light. And the first thing you learn is how to attack, which is the spirit flame. Uh, this is the combat of the game, and pretty much is the only combat throughout this entire game. One of my biggest criticisms, especially after playing Will of the Wisps. Uh, what do you guys think of the combat and just the way the game starts out? Oh, dude, that attack sucks. You don't like it? Oh, dude, if you're facing like more than one enemy at a time, it'll just pick one at the time. It's like, <laughs> you're like, you can be right in front of an enemy. It's like the one over here. And like, no, the one like, like about to hit me. Like, get, get it. It's like, nah. <laughs> um, it can be annoying at times. You got to get those combat yeah. upgrades. Cause then yeah, I would say the combat points. is probably the... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. VG, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the yeah, combat, say the combat, is, combat probably the, <laughs> <laughs> is the weakest aspect of the game. <laughs> Man, Alex is informed today. <laughs> You're going to have to bite your way in here, VG, because you two are going neck and neck. So... <laughs> All right, my rival. Game on. <laughs> speaking, right, go ahead. Speaking of game, uh, or got game. Now this is cool. I like it. Um, it's pretty beautiful. I think just like opening cinematic. Spencer was talking about playing this on the PC. Actually, when I first uh, activated my Game Pass trial, Ori was something my computer could handle uh, as far as like you know playing things. So I I tried it and I was just stunned because the first time I played this, I tried a demo in like handheld mode on the Switch. And I just didn't really like, I wasn't seeing it. I didn't care as much. But when I played it with surround sound, stereo uh, headphones, I'm probably just making up audio terms here, but, uh, uh, and also just seeing it like on a, like a, a computer screen, it just was like, it looked like a movie. Like it really looked really beautiful. It sounded just like the, the music, the score, everything. It was impactful. It was powerful. And I think that this is a step above that kind of like indie kind of game. Like, cause it's, I think just in terms of concept and characters, it's pretty well thought out. You know, you have like the last sprite. I don't know exactly what you call Ori, but uh, the last remaining member of that, you know, that world. And then Naru, who's kind of like, well, what is Naru? I'm not really sure. But uh, Naru preserves that you know that aspect of the light and it's still a lot of like there's mystery to it you're still trying to figure out like well what caused it and that comes up later uh so i think that the beginning of the game itself 
is like a really powerful first five or ten minutes. Uh, the, you know, combat takes some getting used to, but I do love how fast Ori sprints and kind of the jumps. If you do like multiple jumps in successions, you'll see Ori kind of do like backflips and stuff. And there's kind of like a, a nice flow to it. The spirit attack isn't great, especially once you got like those jumping enemies, like some of the ones that fall from the ceiling. Uh, even when you upgrade the combat multiplier, yeah, it's tough. You do get the stomp later. The stomp helps. Um, you could also get like an, a bash attack. I never bothered with it. Um, and also you could do the charge spirit attack. So, you know, that's the thing too. The bash attack, the bash is pretty useful when you get that later. Uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into all those. For sure. I'm just making general statements about the combat though. I think that all of those make for interesting and unique concepts. Uh, is it perfect execution? No, definitely not. It's, and I'm sure will the wisp, you know, will do better when eventually, you know, I try it, but, uh, you know, I think it was it was a, a mindful experience. I had to be mindful about how I was going to best attack enemies and figure out some patterns and stuff. So that's my spiel. I think they should have given Ori a gun. A nature gun. Ori reloaded. <laughs> Ori reloaded. He's back, seed, bitches. Seed shooter. <laughs> Ori in the revenge of the wisps. <laughs> Dandelion pea shooter. Man, 2015, that was like right near the... I guess not really in the middle, but like right at the end of like what I would consider like this time of the sad games, like the the Last of Us and The Walking Dead and, and so like that, where it's like games that just like punch you in the gut. And I kind of feel some of that with the beginning of Ori, like it is kind of like a sad intro, especially like you know whenever your your buddy dies and you're like, oh man, like that guy was fat. I, I liked him, but I <laughs> <laughs> was like, that was your thoughts on. On Naru, is that he was fat? Yeah, I was like, he was fat. I liked him. <laughs> uh, I always thought it was, it was reminding me of like a Pixar movie. Kind of like Up, where they, they start the, the thing off sad, and then it just becomes an uplifting thing. Um, it was It's, it's pretty good. It, it's minimalistic. Although, upon replay, I think it's maybe less minimalistic than I remembered it being, and talks to you quite a bit actually throughout um uh, maybe just because i went through it faster so like i i saw it was there's less space between all the talking parts or the, the narration parts but i think it's a pretty good intro the, the problem with the the combat to me and this is something that will the wisps tackles a lot better is that there aren't a lot of uses for it like you you could you know sit there and fight the enemies i guess and get you know get the energy from it but you don't really have to fight anything Whereas, you know, and that's not what I remembered. And, and when I when I played Will the Wisps, I just had these fond memories of these more more boss fights and more mm. intense like combat sections yeah. that made the the combat stand out. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the combat. I just wish that it was more meaningful and actually had more of a purpose. <laughs> you did confuse yeah, me the other day. Is because you said like we were talking about Ori in the Blind Forest and ranking things. I don't know if I thought you were talking about that one or Will of the Wisp, but you said, "Oh, and like the later half of the game has some memorable boss battles." And by the end of it, I'm like, "What boss battles?" <laughs> <laughs> I think in my head, I I actually was referring to this game, and in my head, I was thinking of those like the well, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but the the big the big events as the boss mm. battles, but they're not. Not really. Like in my memory, there were boss fights attached to them, but there were they weren't <laughs> at all. 
but yeah, just Will the Wisp like distorted my memory of this game. So, VG, All right. did you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, as far as the combat is concerned, you know, another thing that that bothered me with this game is just the awkward range of of your shots. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was never really clear where where you needed to stand in order to land a proper hit and that was just something that that was kind of weird i mean when you compare the combat to the platforming and other aspects of the game it, it's it's a little bit underwhelming that's true sometimes you could be on like the side of a wall and an enemy will be on the top and you can push the button and sometimes it wouldn't hit them and sometimes it would and it's, <laughs> it's, i just never knew what it was going to happen yeah <laughs> right? it seems clear that they wanted to make combat like a, a secondary portion of the game whereas in like a metroid or a castlevania it's it's much more in the forefront yeah um the next big ability we learn is the wall jump and you learn that in the sunken glades or you can climb up walls by jumping repeatedly uh it kind of reminds me in, in a way of like the metroid this is the, the samus one that, that you get you get to hop up walls. It's easier. <laughs> Done all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at least in Super Metroid, it was not the friendliest technique. Yeah, Metroid wall jump. You gotta like get teach yourself, man. Um, no, that feels very. You know, the wall jump feels very standard for these, these kind of platformers these days. It's 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 rare that I play a platformer like this that doesn't have a, some sort of a wall wall jump. And then uh, we get the Charge Flame. It's an offensive skill that damages units within a certain radius. It can also be used to break barriers. We get it in the Hollow Grove. This, this was... one... Oh, yeah, you go first. I, like, never, I, like, never use this Same. as a combat <laughs> technique. It's what we call circumstantial. <laughs> <laughs> Stamps, uh, get the circumstantial stamp out, Spencer. <laughs> Boom, circumstantial. <laughs> can we put an animation over that? Boom, circumstantial. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> this is going up tomorrow. There will be no circumstantial animation. Bam! Circumstantial. <laughs> Wait, yeah, just write it good. on an index card and then put it on the screen. <laughs> yeah. It, it could be used to get, like, to explore. This is this might be more of a an exploratory skill. Um, but the game also really telegraphed when to use it. One of the things that I noticed about this game, on especially now that I've played through Metroid, is I think I like Metroid's way of doing it a little better, where it's more of a mystery on what to, what to see. Whereas in Ori, it, it's very, very telegraphed on what you're supposed to do to explore in it. What do you guys think of that? So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with using the charge flame? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Uh, yeah, that, that one, I don't know. That technique kind of went, became a dud. You know, there's these little, like these blue orbs and cells that are like littered throughout the map and they have like, I think they just give you like a little bit of XP or something, but like the thing was like, use the charge flame on those, um, parts of the map. And I I saw no tangible benefit from them even. So that one went a little bit underused. The wall jump was fine. I think it kind of evolved as you get more um, upgrades later on, like double jump and uh, 
there was some oh yeah feather and stuff but uh i get it you know i i like that it, it follows the metroid formula pretty well you know I, I think later on in the game i really enjoyed things like hunting out ability points um you know in order to keep growing the skill tree i think that ori handles the skill tree pretty well because you know you can really kind of infinitely grow these things as you need to and one of the things i don't think we've touched on as much is that like deaths are going to be very common especially in your first playthrough of this game and yeah. you really do need to uh build up ori in whatever way you see fit whether it's the combat whether it's you know your life force or like you know preserving things like the the crystal power i don't know exactly what you call it but um you know in order to use things like the charge flame or some other abilities later on uh so in that respect i think in terms of exploration i think it is handled pretty well um in terms of the actual abilities themselves i don't know how many of them are like particularly exciting maybe just a handful am circumstantial there's another one for you um yeah you know the one thing that we haven't brought up yet that i do think this game has over metroid is the fact that you can create the safe spot when you know wherever you have energy basically um and that's something that i think should be implemented into metroid um instead of using save rooms because man that really like some of the sections in ori that killed me multiple times were way less frustrating because i could just put a save point right before that part and basically just instantly spawn back and try it again um, whereas in something like, like, like Metroid, she would explode out of her armor and I would go back to a save room and then I'd have to do whatever all over again, you know, unless I'm playing like a, like an emulated version. Um, so I did enjoy that aspect more than most Metroid games. I think I would challenge you on that one. Uh, challenge and... me, Spencer. Challenge. Duel. Yeah. Circumstantial. Yeah. We're using our first challenge stamp and circumstantial stamp in this episode. <laughs> cool. Um, I would challenge you in that in that Ori. It, I think it makes more sense in Ori to do this because they have a lot more of those challenges. Where Metroid is, I think it to keep as a horror game or like the horror elements that are in Metroid, you do have to have that sense of loss. Like you have to have that sense of like dread of like I've gotten this far. And the save point is a while away. I think that helps to retain that. Okay, I I wouldn't have put that in dread for sure because like the <laughs> sections with like the robots, like it wouldn't have worked because I'd be like, I'm just gonna spawn back and try again. But like, <laughs> yeah. I I but I see the the value of having this um, mm -hmm. this mechanic in a Metroidvania for sure. In a Metroidvania, for sure. yeah, definitely. I think for Metroid itself, the spaceship sections lend themselves or the, the save stations in the, sh the overall like spaceship kind of setting make sense, especially in dread, you know, like that makes less fusion as well. Um, and also I think the death counter, like, I mean, I, I remember dying in some sections of Metroid, but not to the extent that I died in Ori, you know, I was getting like meat boy vibes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are some meat boyish areas. VG, I don't know if we ever asked you, what is your experience with Metroidvanias? Uh, I have played my fair share of them. Obviously, played Dread, played Will of the Wisps, played The Blind Forest, which is why I'm here, I guess. And I've played some of the more, you know, other ones that what is it, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, things of that nature. So I've I've I'm fairly uh, familiar with the concept. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think would... or I I think Ori in general, just the character is really squishy, and dies so sudden that the I think they needed to implement that save system the way they that they did, and it was not necessarily. So I haven't played other Metroid games, but as far as Dread is concerned, it w- wouldn't have really worked or was not really that necessary. I think the level was pretty well designed to capture save moments at the appropriate places. But uh, yeah, with Ori, man, you're, I was constantly dying. So it was just, it would have been too frustrating not to have that save, stuff, save system implemented the way that they did. I get it. I'm, I'm squishy. I would die quick too. <laughs> That's why I never would have thought of Fallen Order as a Metroidvania. But it it is kind of, isn't it? It's yeah, it's sort of a sort of a a mixture of Metroidvania and Souls like, if you want to call it that. But yeah, I I would consider it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's worth noting that we're on our path to the uh, what do we got? We have to restore the elements, so we're on our path to the Jinzo tree uh, as our first one to restore the water element. Um, but <laughs> but on our way over, we're going to learn a couple more moves. Um, we're going to learn the bash ability and the stomp ability. The bash ability allows Ori to fly through the air by using the momentum of a nearby lantern, creature, or projectile. This ability also stops time for a while, allowing you to choose a direction. The object you bash against is flung in the opposite direction. This is the most iconic move, I think, of this game. Yeah. Um Probably by far. And then the stomp is, Teddy alluded to it earlier, but with this skill, you can smash the ground, breaking barriers underneath and damaging nearby enemies. This is a pretty common one. But the bash ability, man, that changes the game to me. One of the best. Yeah, it's, yeah, it makes it the game so much fun and it makes it flow so much better. Just the platforming, it adds another dimension to it. Uh, really well implemented. That could be like a game breaking. There's a point later on. Let me know when we get to Misty Woods because I got something to talk about. There's a point later on where the game fucked me over, um, and I had to use some of the abilities to get out. And the bat, the that one is one that you, you can use to to break some of the areas really to to get to places you're not supposed to be yet if you can time certain things right. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I can see like <laughs> yeah. speedrunners really using that. Yeah, really? uh, bash was like the first time I got it I was like what did I just get and then like there's a lantern above you and it's like I tried to use it like the bash thing in the air I like and first off I'm just holding the Xbox controller I'm always forgetting like X and Y are like inverted and it's like mm. you gotta press the Y button and like but jump is A so it's like you gotta do some like quick thumb maneuvers but I used it and I was just confused because like I was pointing up I was like alright I'm gonna go up and nope went back down I'm like what it's like you know when you, you're doing like pilot stuff and like you know in a video game and like inverts controls and stuff so that was a whole mental like learning process for me. It was really cool once I got it. And I think that like, I don't want to talk too much about like how it's used in parts of the game, but uh, I think like later on some of the platforming itself with the bash is really, really clever. Stop, yeah, and plus right. for me, that move was, yeah, I was just using that primarily as combat. I wasn't even bothering mm. with the regular combat that the game provides. Oh, yeah, you could be, like, yeah, bouncing off same. enemies and, like, firing things back at them and, like, mm-hmm. you know, so so Bash is pretty fun in that regard. You could send enemies flying, you know, the opposite way. Uh, in a lot of, like, uh, developed sections with spikes and stuff, and you got to be, like, cleverly maneuvering with either wall jumps or Bash and stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, I like the when, when, like, the green rolly guys would come at you. 
and there's clearly like a breakable wall near it so you use the bash to shoot him into the the wall I, stuff like that is just really clever and a lot of fun to use yeah it gave me like you know like the <laughs> it's an alex sonic moment like the 3d sonic games have like the the homing attack thing that's kind of what like it reminded me of is you know it's like a 2d version of something like that where you really use like the things in the environment or like the enemies to progress or just to for combat uh, and it was pretty cool to see a, a game influence, you know, something you know like that. Sonic in the blind. That's forest. been a Sonic moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ori and the secret rings. <laughs> hey, Ori, you'll see this forest. <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, we'll have reached the Ginzo tree or the the Jinzo tree. Jinjo tree. And uh, we're going to restore the element of water. We encounter Gumo, a member of the Gumon race. That's like naming yourself Humo. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Remember our dog, human Doggo? race. Doggo. My dog, Da. <laughs> my cat, Ka. This is my grandpa, uh, Grandpapo. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpapo, dude. If I ever become a grandpa, I'm, I'm like, you're calling me Grandpapo. <laughs> what an otter. <honor. laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I always thought that was a very um, dumb name, but uh, he has embraced the darkness of uh, that has overwhelmed. Embrace the darkness. <laughs> Teddy, don't please. No, don't. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> Teddy will just turn. I'm gonna do this. And he has stolen the water vein from the entrance to the Ginzo tree and leads what? Ori and Sign to his hideout within the moon grotto. He attempts to trap Ori with the rock slide, but becomes pinned by a boulder. Ori frees him, a kind act that changes Gumo's heart. He returns the water vein to Ori, who then gains access to the Ginzo tree. What do you what are you guys' memories of? Of old Gumo. Dude, you, the combination of words you just said reminds me of like when I was like a kid and I was like, Mom, I got this thing in a game. I'm like telling her shit she just doesn't yeah. understand. <laughs> That's like what you just said. You like the Gumo tree and uh, the Gis guy and the water spirit. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, Gumo just saved me. Who's Gumo? He's a Gumon. <laughs> Why do you? What? He, he stole the water vein. <laughs> <laughs> just like makes, you keep losing context as so you keep getting further the, you're like what? from the Ginzo what? tree <laughs> ma I need to restore light to the Ginzo tree otherwise the Ori race will become extinct <laughs> AJ, do, you, do you ever experience these conversations all the time no <laughs> <laughs> he's a smart man Playing this clever, I, yeah, yeah. That that character actually reminded me a little bit of the uh, was that the Lord of the Rings character who's always after the ring. Mm. He sort of had that similar vibe. I don't remember his name, but Smeagol, my precious, my precious. You know the, the... Well, Smeagol, yeah, <laughs> Voldemort. No, it wasn't Voldemort. I, I don't know Lord of the Rings. Different franchise, yeah, different franchise. Alex, you're not supposed to say his name. <laughs> Is he who must not be Who's named? the house elf? Dobby? Tobias. Yeah, something like that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he kind of represents 
like what what happens to people when things go bad Ooh, and his he just uh he lets it affect him nah, and, and just takes the negativity spencer that's the chrono trigger dude The blue one? Blue. Blue dude in the training room? In the, the antechamber of time? You know, it's like the blue. back room? In the DS version and stuff? Okay. There's like a blue dude. He's like a circle. The new? I'm blue. Yeah, yeah maybe. Oh, oh he's also in uh, like 2300 AD. Yeah, he's like a robot. Yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah, he does kind of look like new. Would you say what happened to this guy was under the... It was because of the circumstances he was in? What happened to him? Could I... I feel like there's a stamp coming. Can I throw on the... Circumstantial! (laughs) (laughs) We need a cool guitar riff to go with that. Consider it circumcised. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you, you, he's the thing that you can change. It's just like the environment. He, he can be changed with a kind act, which is a really like a Pixar message to mm-hmm. send out. Sweet guy. This leads to one of the more memorable parts of the game where you have to escape and uh, because water is now flowing and you have to, to escape it. So this would be your first big like big escape scene, which is what I was talking about with boss fights for some reason. I don't know. That's what that's what boss fight. We're, meant we're to. talking about the Ginzo tree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Ginzo tree yeah. is pretty chill. Uh, I think that when you're going through it, it's like it's your first time entering kind of like a dungeon, quote unquote. You have to like even press up on the thumbstick to go in, which is different because you're on a 2D overworld, so it's like you're actually entering a different part of the map. There are two like toxic parts of the Ginzo tree that are like infected, and so you go like both parts of the tree to like. Uh, you know, tackle the infections. And, you know, there's some interesting platforming that, like, puts your your uh, bash ability to test, I think, and uh, maybe some other stuff, too. And so, like, that's... It's pretty refreshing, which we'll get to with the water in a minute. Um, but also, like, on the outs- on the overworld, there's, like, poison water that you can't touch, otherwise you'll die. So, like, you know, this, this whole purpose of this is to, like, you know, d- cleanse the Ginzo tree of the poison. And... Like, I think it's, like, super, like, you know, it's it's intuitive, and I think it makes you work for it. And then, like, the second that you restore the Ginza tree, you think all is good. All is chill. And then the water starts rising, the music intensifies, and you're like, wait, what? And that's when, like, it starts to rise, and that's when it becomes the escape sequence. How did you guys feel about yeah. that? Like, when it, I like, the it water mountain. started rising and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was Mountain Dew. Taste you, the mountain. Yeah, did you try to drink it? Yeah, I think we all got a taste of the mountain in that one. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to say that um, in terms of like the the puzzles these do before you know getting to the water spirit and stuff, whatever uh, you know in the tree uh, were actually re- really fun. I like because this is the part of like the 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 portally things, right? Mm-hmm. That like get to use like the bash ability to get the projectiles through certain. Th- that was a really clever set of puzzles mm. um, that I had a lot of fun. Like, yeah, a lot of fun playing that section. Yeah, there would be, um, like, spiders, like, spitting things at you. Or, like, like those kind of, like, stationary, like, turrets or something. And you'd have to, like, send it flying to hit, like, a, a part of the map, I remember. Yeah, you had to, like, 
get him through the portals, like a certain sequence and stuff. Like it was pretty fun. Um, so funny story about that. I know exactly the moment you're talking about because when we when we had set up that we we're gonna play this game, I had started like a long time ago to get to get started, and then I stopped at that part. Mm. And then literally when we're like, okay, we're doing it soon, I was like, okay, I better rush through it. I turned on the game and it's like, oh, I have to do that puzzle. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? What is going on? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> attack. Where am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. VG, any any exciting memories from the water, the yeah, water a, temple? Yeah, so it was a pretty clever implementation of those puzzles. My problem was that I'd already played, uh, so I was familiar with the concepts because I'd already beaten Will of the Wisps. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I you know all the sequences, including that one, were pretty memorable. They were definitely challenging, and it required a lot of precise platforming, which is what you you know what I would call an environmental boss level, if you will. I mean, it's not technically fighting a boss, but you're fighting an environment. And it was it was pretty well done. Quite pristine, yeah. some might say. Mm. VG, you should definitely go by VG. V okay, I'll change. <laughs> when, when, when I, yeah, when, when I when I take Ooh. over your spot, I'll, I'll, I'll change my name. Oh, VJ. shit. <laughs> VJ matchup. I, <laughs> I think the game, one of the things the game excels at, maybe the most, in my opinion, is the cinematic nature of it. And I think it, in these moments, it really shines through just how much they were able to like make these these moments intense. And yeah, it was hard. Um, there, there's a lot of gameplay attached to it, but they they just feel like huge moments from like an action movie where where you know they have to escape a thing. And the, you know, time slows down for certain parts, and you're dashing around, and the desperation of it. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoy these moments. It's a Metroidvania, so you gotta have an escape, an escape sequence, right? Ori, 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 in the blind forest. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point of the game that, in order for people to get it, what like Ori's all about, you should get to this point at the least. Like, I think, like, because I've stopped the game many times, like, at the first time you meet the spirit tree and be like, okay, I don't, I don't really, like, see it. Like, I know it's a beautiful game, etc. But this is, like, where it becomes super intense and you just become super invested. I think there is an issue coming back to it if you've already known to expect, like, the nature of this escape sequence. Um, because it takes some of that, like, that first time kind of, like, woe factor out. But... I think like the first time that you really go through it is really special and spectacular. You weren't expecting it. And, you know, it is a huge, huge upward escape sequence. And every time you die, you got to start from the very beginning of that po point again. And it's like, it doesn't even slow down. It's not like, Oh, game over. You died elder Elden ring, but it's more like, no, just, we're going to get you back here. You got to escape like water sequence back at the bottom, et cetera. Even the first time that like the water starts rising, it's like, you might not even know to escape. You're not even knowing, like, you're supposed to, like, get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that happened to me. I was like, what? You know? And so, like, I mean, it was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, this tree is trying to pee on you. Get out of here. I was like, I'm taking it. Well, it, it shows, another, <laughs> it it so shows another, another big benefit of the game that I think you alluded to, right? The Super Meat Boy reference? Yeah. 
is that it did feel like that because there aren't really loading times. Like in a lot of games like this, there's like these horrible loading times every time you die, and it's like, okay, you died. Let's load up everything, and you got to yeah, sit and watch like, like a screen, a screen or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you know? Push you double jump, jump to hit or <laughs> make orange go double jump or something. Yeah. Did you know the water in here will kill you? It's like, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> it's been doing it twenty times. Um, but yeah, there's no load screen, so it makes it a lot more seamless. So even though, yeah, you die, and it might suck to, to get towards the end and die, at least it's not, like, what just shoves you right back into the action. So pretty impressive they were able to do that. Anything left with the water? Yeah, I was just going to say that this this is, after you've completed this, you kind of understand the core design of what Ori has to offer, you know, the overworld where you're doing a little bit of a combination of exploration, gaining some abilities, then the dungeon part where it's primarily puzzle solving and, you know, certain, you know, certain combat aspects maybe, but not really. And then the third part is the escape escape sequence, which is pretty much the trend that follows throughout uh, all the levels. It's a good point. Yeah. It does kind of have a, a rote, especially, and, and you know, Teddy alluded to it too, but, but the, on second playthrough it's like oh i see exactly what they're doing like and, and i remembered you know it's, the the three escape sequences the three big escape sequences that i'm thinking of they kind of just happened really quickly and like like teddy said there's like a first half of the game where it's just exploration and you're kind of like okay that's that i guess it's kind of like a metroidvania light almost and then it's like, oh, and then now, now there's dungeons. And that's like almost the second half of the game where it's like, oh, okay. These are the challenge points that I have to complete. That's what I'm kind of building up to. And uh, that's a good point. I, I never looked at it, but on second playthrough, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, so once we escape the Ginzo tree, our next target is the Forlorn Ruins. But we run into the, the main, I guess, antagonist, kind of, of the game, which is... Why am I not Kuro? Right? Kuro. Yeah. And uh, Kuro is like a huge bird. And she seems like she's always super pissed. Big bird. And, yeah. <laughs> and she attacks, sending you tumbling from the tree. And she swoops after you. But Gumo saves you and leaves you in the Thornfelt Swamp. So, what are you guys' first thoughts on Kuro? Big bird, as Alex says. Tastes like a chicken. Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the villain. Uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, like the intimidation factor. And all, already he's already a really squishy character. And just to have that big intimidating antagonist is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I knew about Kuro from the trailers and stuff when I watched this back in the day. So... I didn't, I didn't know Kuro was as important as it was. You know, it's definitely not like your you know, big bad boss battle. Kuro becomes a little bit more intense as you go on later in the game, but Kuro just knocks you off the cliff and uh, you get some of that ominous feeling. You know, I think that makes sense. It is kind of like crow-like, you know, crows are kind of the bearers of omens. Um, so, you know, there's some symbolism there. Uh, but like things like with, even when you're falling off the cliff and then you see... Kuro like swooping in towards the screen, like towards you, and like, you know, you you do really get that sense of doom and and uh, scare. You don't really know at this point what the the primary conflict is with Kuro, 
Um, but you know that it's a big bad bird and I mean, you're not gonna, you know, have much of a chance fighting it now, if anything. Uh, I think like when you land in that kind of like water area, you know, that's when you see things are a bit more chill. You're, this is the calm before the storm before you have to deal with this big bad bird conflict. The feather helps. I think you get the feather at this point. Yep. You get Kuro's feather. Yeah. So nice little intro. You glide through the air. Oh, you do meet Kuro, though, I think, early on, like when you first come in contact with the spirit tree. Maybe. I might be wrong. Sunny day. Chasing What'd you guys... clouds away. <laughs> What'd you guys is think Kuro, of Kuro's is feather? Kuro, is Kuro the real hero of Ori in the Blind Forest? Yeah, that's a nice uh, thumbnail for you. <laughs> Yo, Kuro's feather reminded me of Wind Wigger. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can see that. The first, first thing I thought of, I was like, oh, it's the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Kuro in general, too, because, like, Wind Waker has that kind of bird boss thing going for oh, it, too. Yeah. Ganon's yeah. big bird. Big bird. Big Ganon's booty bird. Big, is Ganon the real hero of Wind Waker? You guys know the thumbnail for you. <laughs> is Thank you Ganon's for these thumbnails. Actually, <laughs> the hero. Is Big Bird really the hero of Sesame Street? <laughs> is, has Elmo taken over? Does every yeah, game have... actually need a Big Bird? Well, just a Big Bird and like a big golden aura around him, and Elmo just like in the corner, like looking like angry at him. Did Elmo really <laughs> monopolize Sesame Street? <laughs> <laughs> It's time for Sesame Street theories with Alex. <laughs> Snuffleupagus is the best character, guys. Sesame Street. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Heather, yeah, BG... that is cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we do pick it up on the way to Misty Woods. So, Alex, can you please share us oh, your Misty Woods no. adventure? Do you want my Misty Woods adventure? You're going to get it. Here we go. So... Misty Woods is an area uh, where you have to collect a few different... We haven't talked about it, but there's some areas we get to collect, like these keys to open doors, like these key fragment things. Um, and there's a few different ones in Misty Woods. I think there's like two sets you get to get in that area or something. And the, one of the last sets... Um, something weird about Misty Woods is that whenever you do certain things, it seems like the environment kind of changes around you in some ways. Um, it's kind of weird how like it kind of distorts and shifts and stuff. And it looks, it looks kind of neat, like honestly. But... One of the last sets of keys I had to get, I think it was just the, the, the second set, I got them all, but the problem was was that I went to the wrong area. I didn't remember where the door was. So I was trying to like adventure around, trying to figure out where this door was that I needed to open. And I went back into this room. I don't know if you guys remember. There's a room that has, on on each side, there's two tentacles that fire at projectiles, and then there's like, like lanterns, and then a, like a whole bed of spikes. Um, and, there's, and there's, there's nothing in the room except for a, a key fragment and like a power up orb and stuff. Um, and then to get out, you have to go up and jump up this wall of spikes and jump back and forth. Well, when I got down there for this for the second time, the wall of spikes had shifted over and I couldn't wall jump out. It was I was stuck. I was just if I tried to wall jump out, I, I, I would just fucking die immediately. And I was stuck in that room. The game soft locked and I couldn't get out of the room. I had to, um, there's enemies that crawl. I had to use the dash, the, the, the bash thing on an enemy in a way to where I could like shimmy my way up and then kind of like use the, whatever it's called, the fucking, 
the the attack button to get the environment just to move just enough out of the way so I could hit the wall and get out. The game like locked, and I was stuck there for like two hours. And wow, it was fucking ridiculous. Mm. That's a, yeah, I was like, oh my god, like I can't believe this like, that that actually happened to me, but it was stupid. Pro <laughs> gamer Alex beat a softlock. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, like I had put a because like I thought like okay, like I thought it was blocking my way out. I was you know so my 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 gamer brain was like okay, clearly there's something in here I need to do, and there wasn't. I looked it up and there wasn't. Uh, but I had put a saves point down in that room, so I couldn't like sp- like spawn out or anything. So I was like, I'm gonna have to find a way out of here, or I'll have to start over. <laughs> That's all I can do. <laughs> so... That's crazy. Good on you, man. I don't know. If I would have had. <laughs> I don't know. I probably just throw my switch at the wall or something. Well, I just wanted to say, like, tell you that story because for one, it's 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 interesting. Also, I didn't finish. I got to the last area and stopped halfway through. So, um, but I want to blame that because I lost time. I lost a lot of time because <laughs> of that. I don't remember okay. from the menu, but is there an option to reset your last checkpoint? I don't. Is there? There might be. If there is one, I never used it. That would have been on, good to look. know. I have my switch right here. I'm gonna check it for a second. Okay. While he's doing that, VG, any thoughts on Kuro's feather, or the or the coming climb ability to just hang out on walls? Yeah, the climb ability was was useful, but the Kuro's feather at times it was fun, but a lot of times it was also very because of the tight maneuvering that you had to do. It just kind of broke the flow of uh, moving around. And, and actually, it's sequel did this too, not in this particular instance. But I'm just saying, you know, when a game is free flowing, moving fast, all of a sudden you have a sort of move that comes along. It kind of slows the pace down. There was a little bit of a damper, but it was it was still a fine, it was a fine experience. Still enjoyed it. I think the glide ability really... You you really see the benefits of it when they start messing with air flow, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But that's when I think the concept really took off. Because at first it was like, oh, okay, it could just help me reach further places. It would have been harder to jump to. Like, okay, whatever. But once yeah, once, once they introduced the airflow, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm talking about the, uh, yeah, the gliding and when you're going around maneuvering, trying to get those fragments you know across all these spiky areas that you constantly need to sort of like a balloon up and down uh it was it was interesting all right big reveal no Mm. there is no reload Mm. (laughs) so i was trapped (laughs) (laughs) oh look okay so i just wanted to make sure alex you had two abilities towards the end that were not Unlocked. I had the same thing. I beat yeah, the I'm game. At, but I was I'm at the last area. I'm at Mount Horror or whatever, and I'm at I have five hours and fifty five minutes. And oh, okay, I, that's weird. I was playing some this morning, but I just I got sick the last couple of days, so I didn't play a lot. So that's that's what's whatever. But yeah, I I missed two. So I was wondering if I just missed two abilities or like I just hadn't gotten them yet. Or no, something? I think those are in the skill tree. One is the like there's a bash attack that you can unlock on the right, and then the other I'm not sure. Okay, I didn't know that. No, so I I was actually soft locked. <laughs> I have the skill thing open though. I'll tell you guys. Well, there's two. There's there's two that I think are in the new area. It's light burst and dash. Yeah. They're both found in the black root burrows. Okay. Okay, so I'm wrong. 
which is not part of the original game. Is that right? Is that... Right. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. That, that's oh, what that's, I was that's, curious that's about. That's the okay. definitive stuff, then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the newer oh. content. But I do. We're, I we're... do. Oh, God. No, you I was just gonna. I was just gonna make the pronouncement <laughs> that we are, we're we're talking about the original game. We're not talking about definitive content. So just I do plan on doing that. all that stuff though. Like I, because I'm 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 this far and I might as well just finish it. So I I do plan on playing more off of the, you know, outside of the map out. Cool. Climb is okay. I think at that point you could mostly like wall jump up a wall anyway. I mean, climb came in handy a couple times, but. Like I think, I think it, it gets used. It. I think it gets used best in conjunction with a newer thing that we'll get later. For, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Once that, handy. it makes more sense then. Yeah, it came in handy with my soft lock. Thank you that much because I had to. Cl- I had to latch onto the wall in order to use the 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 attack move to nudge the spikes over, so I can get out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for it's. Good for it's a slightly better wall jump and also good for soft lock. Good for soft lock. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all right, here we go. So, uh, so the next thing we're gonna do is find the Guman seal and unlock the forlorn ruins and free the element of wind. Am I am I doing that thing again, Alex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Gor- G- Goru ruins the uh, what the element of what seals <laughs> the element seals of wind wait the Gorons what are you talking I think about? I prefer the elephant of wind <laughs> the elephant of wind and like and the Gomaru ruins <laughs> yep now after finding the Guman seal Orion sign unlock the forlorn ruins with Gumo falling close behind. Um, they find that all the Guman who lived there froze following Nibel's decay, leaving yeah, Gumo yeah, as the yeah. last of his race. Oh, <laughs> is this the one where it's like you walk on walls and stuff? It like kind of inverts the room? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Did we, Wait, is this before or after the Wendy section? This is the Wendy section. This is before. This is yeah, getting before. to... Okay. The, the, okay. This is going to be that. Um... Though heartbroken, Gumo is inspired by Orion Sign's vow to restore the element of wind in memory of the Guman. He takes the light vessel which had been invented by the Guman and used by Ori to traverse the ruins, resulting in the ruins collapse. With the element of wind free, Ori uses Kuro's feather to ride the updraft out of the ruins and lands... We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, this will be your second big dungeon, is riding the wind... Just like they do in Chrono Trigger. Another reference to Chrono Trigger. Mouse hey. <laughs> Just like I do when I fart on my bike. <laughs> you get like an extra burst of speed. Right in the wind. <laughs> Just picture Alex, Alex on his bike. Get some early. You know, Pedaling away Bell. from Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Any exciting memories from this second... Escape the dungeon. Uh, I was just going to mention that I liked the stuff Teddy was talking about with like the the wall, the, the inverted wall climbing stuff here. Mm. You, know, you had to carry the orb around, even though I didn't know it. You could just push the shoulder button; and you would carry it. I thought you had to hold the shoulder button, so I felt stupid whenever, like on my 80th try, I could just 
push the button and he would just carry it. I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, no, pretty neat. You know, I, uh, we kind of touched about it recently because we talked about Sonic Advance and it had like a random anti-gravity section that we were like, whatever. But Because like tons of games do it. But I think here it felt cooler because you could somehow like control when you were on the wall and, and when and like that was the puzzle is you know like sometimes you had to like fall off of certain walls in a certain direction to get places and stuff and mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool um i normally don't care that much about this kind of mechanics but i thought they did it really well i hated it i hated it yeah this Whoa. is by far, yeah this is by far the worst area for me i i really did not like the because it changes your perspective on, you know, it's kind of like um, you have a bicycle that is, that is, if we're going to use the bicycle analogy, that when you're turning right, it's going left and vice versa. And that's yeah. sort of the thing that I just do not like in gaming. Uh, I, I don't mind challenges, but when it, when it changes your perspective, you know, up is right or left is right, up is down and vice versa. It just, uh, I don't like it. So that was for me, the worst area. But if you're standing while you pedal and you let a little fart, you can ride the wind. Did oh, you yeah. fart? To help yourself out? <laughs> yeah, did you fart, man? Come on. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, I got a little too. Because it oh, makes you go faster. <laughs> you got to drink more Pepsi yeah, products. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diet Coke, yeah. Definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I sort of in the middle with, with VG and, and then Alex and Teddy. Is that I, I was very, fr- maybe the most frustrated by this part. Um, but I also, I kind of enjoyed it because it made me like have to experiment and, and the, the mostly with the, the hardest part were the squares for me. Yeah. Just like wrapping yeah, my head. Talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Wrapping my head on how those worked took forever. Cause like you would think that when you jumped off of the edge of it, you would go to the other part of the square. That's how my brain was handling it but that's not how it works if you jump off the edge it's like falling off of the ledge of something so you just keep going in that direction it doesn't shift you to the other part of the square so that that part was was tricky for sure yeah well just just a reminder that i had just gotten out of soft lock jail um, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm pretty good at, at, at these kind of Metroidvania games. So, you know, I, I think right now I'm in the last area, like five hours, 55 minutes, but it'd be like probably like four hours. And so it'd be like, you know, good hours shaved off there if I didn't get stuck in softlock jail. So at this point, when I got to this area and I was doing this stuff, I was just so happy to be out of that hole. <laughs> and you thought you liked Misty from the Pokemon series. Well, think again. <laughs> Misty's got woods. Well, this this area does make up for one thing. We'll get to that later. Like that is the aspect of the area that I did not like at all. I, well, what what made up for it? The end, the escape sequence. I mm. thought it was really well done. Before we get there, I I kind yeah. of like I was in the middle because I I think like it's a, it's a mind fuck, like thinking like okay, you're pushing left, but you're going up. And then the wall is still turning, so you're still pushing left, even though you're going right. So you have to like adjust your mind with what you see on screen versus like the original starting direction. And then the squares did fuck with my head, like is it? You know, I probably died a bunch of times just trying to figure it out. I think if I did like a second playthrough of this, I'd probably cut my 
deaths either in half or like 75%. I had like almost 300 by the end. Um, but I think it was really rewarding once I figured it out. I was like, oh, you know, if I jump off of this edge of the, the rotating square, I'm going to land somewhere else. And so like you, it messed with the gravity of the situation too. You'd have to know you would fall to a certain square or something. And I think thematically it works too with the nature of the sh ever shifting misty woods as well. You know, the idea of like transforming landscape. Um, I think like that whole kind of vibe was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, well, we could talk about the end sequence as well. All right. Uh, yeah, so the you know at this point the, the the escape sequences you're using the if i remember correctly you're using the feather but you're actually going up and you're flying around through this exploding thing so you, you're now almost the inverse of how you would have used it before you're having to guide yourself upwards and, and navigating that way and this was this saved the the uh the area for you vg uh, way more than yeah that that section the earlier section was i did not like it one bit so this was at least you know a, a a point in the game that i actually enjoyed so i can say okay overall the level wasn't terrible but if it was just a similar gravity challenge that you were doing to escape i would not have i would not have been on this episode i would have quit that game whoa <laughs> see i Maybe. wouldn't have see so that's why i should i deserve the spot yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to lean towards Alex on Put that your one, votes in down below, folks. <laughs> yeah. Who do you want on the show? Your best buddy, Alex. Or VG. It's a guy named Veej. Do you want lactating Alex or Veej mashup? Lactating Alex is my Pokemon card. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Whoa, I got a holographic lactating Alex. <laughs> He's a special <laughs> move. Moo. <laughs> oh. You guys didn't en didn't enjoy it? No, I liked it. I, I kind of like the whole area, but I, I do admit that the first part with the, the changing gravity was very frustrating. But I thought it felt earned at the end. I found the wind section actually kind of aggravating with the boulders and everything. Because I would make it like a decent bit through and then like suddenly a boulder was just, you know, like it's, it's just hard to avoid a couple of them. And so I, I probably did this one a, a decent number of times. Um, it was all right, though. I mean, I think it best with like you, you have to really think about it like, oh, the boulder falls through the ground. So you're going to drop through the ground and you're really just rushing to find like the right exit. Um, I think I was more impressed by the first time that you do this with like the, the Ginzo tree because it's just so new and so novel at that point. Um, versus here, it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting into, but it's just like a ramped up difficulty with spikes and everything. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I don't know, there was kind of like that, that pressure, the water pressure from the water temple, but uh, you know, I don't like the pressure here was a little bit different. So just in terms of preference, I preferred uh, Ginzo. I think these, <laughs> these moments reminded me of, of like a Sonic game. Where it's, yeah. it's encouraging you to go fast, but also to memorize the parts of the level. So, Sonic moment. you know, 
Yeah, you know, and jump. And obviously, I'm not a big Sonic fan, but that's the that's kind of the point that I gathered from Sonic was that they wanted you to really memorize the level so you knew when to jump and when the right moments were to do each thing. And so, it's less of I guess. I hesitate to say it like this, but I guess I will. It's it's less of like a skill-based boss and more of like a timing memorization one where you're just like, okay, I have to jump here, jump here. If I do a tr double jump at this point, I can then switch to this, yada, yada. And to just get the right, you know, cadence, um, which, you know, it's fun. Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, I think I died like twice. Does off my shoulders. Mountain Dew. Okay, Rallis, man. Wow, that's impressive. I thought the wind, <laughs> the wind was, you know, releasing the wind was really relieving. Uh, getting all that wind out. Like Alex on his bike. <laughs> Another Mountain Dew moment. The pressure. <laughs> Pepsi products. They gave me a nice blast forward. All it's right, it's 3D. <laughs> Ooh, uh, 3D blast. <laughs> When you ride the updraft out of the ruins, you land in Kuro's Nest, Fuck. where a solitary egg sits nestled within. Touching the life inside the egg, Ori discovers the true reason for Kuro's rage. She was once a proud mother of three owlets. However, the intensity of light from the spirit tree's light ceremony accidentally killed them, leaving one unhatched egg. Enraged by the loss, Kuro retaliated against the spirit tree, killing Ori's spirit siblings and stealing Sign. Following the realization, Kuro arrives at her nest and drives Orion Sign away, pursuing them away from the valley. Though understanding of her grief, Orion Sign remain undeterred uh, and ascend the Valley of the Wind, and they collect the Sunstone and set off from Mount Horu. Go ahead. She's the hero. She's yeah. the reason for our <laughs> boom. boom. Can I just say that I that I like that area where you have to use the wind for everything? That's cool. It reminded me of a um, weird, weird thing to compare it to, but it reminded me of like the newer Rayman games, like Rayman Origins and Legends have areas like that. You get to use like wind for a lot of stuff. I don't know. It was, it was a neat area. I like that. You know, I'm surprised we haven't played a, a, a Rayman game. Me too. All right. So <laughs> the next move you get. Well, you're, I, you're I, I'm home. not part of that group. <laughs> no? Oh, I've played. Or yeah, I, I like Rayman. <laughs> the next one you get no segues is like a charge jump Rimbet's pretty chill uh, wait a sec <laughs> Kuro's Nest can we talk about that yeah yeah go ahead uh, dude I totally forgot that you have to press A down to get under a log mm. yo fucking me too dude <laughs> I got to that point that same point that you're talking about it's like I get through all this shit and I get to that one point. I had no saves left, by the way. My my energy was low. I, I I so I get to that one point, and I was just like, "How the fuck do I get?" Back? It's like every time I walk out, the bird's like, "Nope." And then like I'm like <laughs> trying to like do different. I'm like, "How the hell do I get out of here?" And I had to look it up sadly because yeah. I forgot that I could just push down an A. <laughs> I was, was like, so I am so shocked. I'm shocked with you guys that you guys didn't know to do like. You guys are the platforming kings. Dude, yeah, but you when, don't use dude, that up, move. Up to this point, the you don't use the that ability. The only yeah, time you use it is in the first me... 15 minutes. Yeah. That's it. So by that point, I had just forgotten that I could even do that. Alex so was I'm in the woods like... for a day. No water. <laughs> I was stuck no in the food, woods for a day. Just Mountain oh Dew. 
Yeah. Gigi, this is what happens. <laughs> These are just... terrible excuses. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, come on. You guys have played this before. Get out of here. <laughs> you believe the whining? Rookies, man. Rookies. <laughs> you try to find in the woods and you see how it feels. <laughs> Alex had no energy. Rookies in the blind forest. No energy. <laughs> Let him look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Me That's too. Why I'm Mountain Dew Energy, today's sponsor. Hey. Mountain Dew Energy. Taste the mountain. Um, I consulted the Ori in the Blind Forest wiki, the, the walkthrough. How to beat Ori in the Blind Forest. <laughs> Pretty sure I just looked up a YouTube video. Same. We probably watched the same one. I, and, then I, and then I just saw the person <laughs> drop drop down into the water, and I was like, This is what I was waiting for. Say no more. Down. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. I can do yeah, I, I wrote down on my palm, drop down. Drop. I'm, I'm like sweating as I get to that point. Yeah. Like, what my, is that? My hands are trembling. Contextual moment. <laughs> Contextualized. Or circumstantialized. No, 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 it was, um, yeah, circumstantial. That's what it was. It's a circumstantial. Circumstantial. <laughs> it was indeed a circumstance. I don't fucking your pro gamer, dude. I'm fucking your pro gamer tag. <laughs> you never use that move. Hey guys, circumstantial no longer... gamer here, Spencer. <laughs> Let me tell you about circumstantial moments in Ori. Alex is I no will. longer pro gamer. Alex, he's he's walk through looker up for Alex. I'm fart gamer, Alex. <laughs> Ride the wind. That's my motto. My, my life. Ride the wind. <laughs> Ride the wind, baby. Ride the wind since 2015. Uh, you know, <laughs> with these gas prices, I might have to. <laughs> a little bit of current humor. Real connoisseur of the gas. Topical. <laughs> Contextual. Uh, circumstantial. Yeah, so... It, I guess I can talk about now while you guys are talking about that. Kuro kind of reminded me, and Alex might know this, and I don't, I don't know, VG, your history, but it reminded me of Scarecrow from the Batman games. Uh, like the like the Arkham, yeah, just like high yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this, it's like a stealth section, but you're like avoiding the environment, kind of. Like it's... Yeah. It reminded me of that a lot, which I like. I like that shit, so it was... It was Tense and yeah. cool. It kind of might be also there's an area in DK Country Returns where you have to hide from the waves, the ocean. Mm. It's a neat area too. Yeah, you hide behind stuff. It's kind of neat. I like that. I like hiding and stuff in the in the foreground of the background. Is in the background of the background. Dude, it's, it's a, they're both the background, but it's, it's layered. So mm -hmm. like I like you know that it's it's cool. It gives like depth and stuff. Onion yeah. Vibes. What onion vibes? <laughs> It's like an onion. Like an onion. Layers. Yeah. yeah. Shrek donkey. The, you know, all-star. Shrek moment. Hey. Just throw all the jokes in at once. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta hit our Shrek On the, uh... <laughs> Yes. So, on, on the way to Mount Horu, or sorry, on, on the way to collecting the Sunstone, we're going to learn our last important skill, which is the charge jump. The fart jump. Hold onto a directional key to charge up the charge jump and let go to propel Ori in that direction. And you can do this while you're gripping on things, too. Samus is jealous. Yeah, Samus had to learn that from, like, little animals. Did it, Yeah, that's true. Did anybody else have issues with, like, doing it on the wall? 
Thousands no. of times yeah. when I went to go do it on the wall, it would like when I went to like like stop charge, yeah. charge and then position the the aiming reticule, it would instead of of moving the aiming reticule, it would move me. Yeah, and I would hit a spike. Yeah, and I couldn't tell when it happened, like what caused that to happen. I was just like, I was like, I was stopping. I was like, okay, on the wall, holding the charge button. Now I'm aiming. And sometimes I was like, no, you're not. You're going to hit the spike. And I was like, what, what did I do yeah. wrong? You're going to hit the spike, bitch. <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah, I think... Because I think you need to like hold charge first and then start like aiming the reticle. Uh, otherwise, if you start aiming the reticle, like while you're doing it, it's probably causing you to move. There's a little bit of a delay with the charge. Yeah, that that that's the issue that I noticed too. And you're trying to get through things quickly and messes things up. Yeah, that definitely comes. Does it be all the way charged first? Is that what it is? I think so, because you'll get this like, what's like burst that says it's like. (laughs) You want an extra gust of wind. Yeah, I don't think it's all the way charged, but just the the start of the animation or the move, I think, is there's a little bit of a delay in that. I tried That's, everything. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, I was just like, best of luck, guy. <laughs> best of luck, guy. Best of luck, guy. Cool move, though. <laughs> Definitely comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Gumo travels to Swallow's Nest and uses the light vessel to revive Naru. How's that what? for a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> it's just nonsense. <laughs> okay, Spencer, let's get you back to your room. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Dinner will be ready in five. I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse will bring in with <laughs> the nurse will be in with your pills. Through skill, I like this. Through skill and courage, Ori overcomes the mountain's trials and rekindles the element of warmth. It's getting hot in here. This is, this is rough. Um, so the mountain trials, that's like where there's all those different paths you can take with the lava, right? Am I correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's where I currently am, I believe. Okay, you're really close to the end. Hold on, let me show you. Oh shit! I closed it. Yeah, I'm. I I did like. I stopped this morning because I was, I was playing this some this morning, and I did like yeah you know, like because like you have to like do a certain one and then it'll stop the lava and then you have to do another door and it'll stop the lava. I got to a certain point to where I don't know where to go now, and we had to do this podcast today, and I was just like, close enough. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right there. It's just literally keeps like going in the lower sections. So whatever's like the 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 closest one to the base that uh is unlocked that's not like a pillar of magma uh, falling through not the look the last one i did like lowered the one on the bottom but there's still a wall that i can't get through and i was like what do i do here I was like, there's oh, another whatever. so you need for the one that like drain the pool there's two so one's on one side oh, one's okay. On the other. okay and that i mean yeah teddy just described how this whole area works. So you just start at the top and then work your way down. Um, a lot of bashing your way through it, which seems to be just the name of Ori in the Blind Forest should be mm-hmm. called Bash the Game. That's all Bash, you really do. Uh, stampede. That's from Trigon. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Welcome, <laughs> Appreciate your input right there. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Can I hit me with another one? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> 
No, that's all I got. Um, okay. there's a, you know, I, I will say something that, that I like about this area. It's really intimidating because uh, there's the platforms that if you stand on long enough, Ori mm. will get fried like some bacon. Man, he's fucking done. Um, so it, it really makes you like take advantage. This is where I use the bash a lot because I'm, I'm, just, mm. I'm just like, I don't even want to touch that floor. I just want to fucking glide my way through here with the feather and the bash move. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Is that eventually in this game you get you get to a slickness with Ori where you don't even really have to walk much. Yeah, you can just make your way through the game. You're Especially, did you guys hearts. get the triple jump? Kingdom Hearts. No, where's that? In the that's skill at the tree. that's oh. in the skill tree at the end of See, the top one. I think I made a mistake. I end. think I think I was supposed to pick a tree, pick a thing, and I picked all three of them. Mm. Uh, so I, just I kept... did that with the the one skill things until it got to two skill points. That's when I started focusing my efforts. Mm. Same. Yeah. I did the middle. So one, all my though. all all my three paths are all at, at like the same halfway point. <laughs> so <laughs> whoops. One thing, and we we can talk about the skill trees real quick. One one regret I have about my first playthrough is picking the combat because I don't think the game focuses enough on combat to make it worth it. So I would highly recommend either the top one or the middle one. I did the middle Personally. one. I like the middle one because it shows things on the map, like on your uh, when you pull up the map, like things like ability cells or uh, life cells. And if you, if you use the ability cell one, it costs two to be able to see ability cells. And you could just get all of them and then use that back in your skill tree. So mm -hmm. I actually did that to max out the middle one. Um, which I didn't even like, I didn't see like hidden rooms anyway. So like that last one's kind of worthless, but um, as far as like completionist goals, like it was kind of nice. There you go. VG, I, any hot I tips? I also focused, like I did the, the 50, 50, like I did the one skill points and then I started mm -hmm. focusing on the middle. Anyways, VG. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. If I, if I would have known sooner how, inept the combat was i would not have invested <laughs> even half of my skill points in there uh definitely the other two trees are much more uh advantageous to make it uh, to make use of yeah the bash is basically like your best attack anyway and there's nothing yeah. to do with upgrading that or not so yeah especially at this point in the game you have those weird like old, like circular enemies you have to it's 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 like you just have to hit the their projectiles back at them and yeah, it's it. not like you're gonna run up and spirit flame them to death. Yeah. No, no, he's a bash. <laughs> or he's basically yeah. tennis, you know. Just yeah, basically tennis. Um, this this area is pretty cool the, with the lava. Like Alex was saying, it is pretty intimidating. Uh, it's it even at times hard to really comprehend like where you're able to stand and where you're not because it's just like there's lava everywhere. So I don't, I don't really understand, but. Um, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty it's pretty intuitive. I like the idea of of starting at the top and working your way down on each side. I think that's kind of clever mm -hmm. and helps you explore. Um, but I mean, it's just more more puzzles. There's yeah, just more of even that. the the like land that you can stand on that's like safe that's like isn't gonna fry you is so small. <laughs> like when I yeah. do find a patch, like I'm like okay, safe spot here. <laughs> A lot <laughs> of safe spotting, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's one thing I noticed about this area, and probably the, the devs realized that this area is challenging. So even if the small areas, 
if you notice throughout the game, you can't really save over there that says unsafe or whatever. Over here, that was thrown out the door. You could save pretty much on anything that was, you know, safe enough, I guess. Standable. Um, yeah. Standable, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can stand it. You're good. You can I, it. I personally really like this area. I mean, I know it's challenging and all, but I, I think I had a, the most fun, especially because now the character is fully leveled up. It has all its moves, and uh, you're using them. You're, you're getting better and better at the game, so platforming mm. got to be a lot more enjoyable. Oh, man, that's something that, like, I was talking to our good buddy Brian over at I Got Kings, because he likes this game, too, and I was kind of cluing him into us playing it, and he was, and he was talking about it, too, and I kind of agree with, with with what he was saying to me, was that, like, at the beginning of the game, the, the platforming, you're like, yes, they're right, like, yeah, it's good, but, like, at this point in the game, after you get all the upgrades, you're just, like, a fucking... God, you're just like yeah. I don't need the floor. <laughs> it is so fun. The like platform at that point is always moveset just opens up. So oh much. yeah. Double jump, Kuro's feather, bash, bash again. You know those like lava spitting guys? Like they're just like spheres in the middle of like the map. I don't know, like in, in midair, and they spew fire at you. You just like bounce off a bunch of them like to be able to get places. So that's when like the 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 bash combos are pretty rad. Also, I had yeah. to like I completely forgot like I understood that I got charge jump and like what it was, but I just forgot like how to use it as I was coming in here. So I kept like just trying to fly place and be like, what the f- where am I supposed to go? There's like lava barriers on both sides or something up here, and mm-hmm. bashing is not getting me up there. And so it really does put your your ability comprehension to the test. Push it to the limit. <laughs> I'm not headbanging. Well, eventually you rekindle the element of warmth. I didn't. You put on a blanket. Actually, three of us, three of us rekindled the element of warmth. Terry, please leave your comments in the comment section below. I'm still playing. Um, hey, Terry. I got sick. But before you have a chance to celebrate, and spoilers for Alex, you'll be all right. Kuro appears and uh, pursues you through the mountain in a final race. As Horus flames, as, as like, flames begin to ignite Nibel's forest. So this is like the last uh, escape sequence where the whole area is burning and and Hor- or sorry, Kuro is is again like cha- like so basically as you're escaping, it's the added thing where you can't be in the. the a certain part of the environment too long or else a uh, horror will also come and kill you too. Mm. So it's almost like you're getting it from the left to right escape scene and also timed in each section as well. It's pretty da, intense. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Alex, you were right. Spencer's lying. It's actually a foot race with Gumo. Yeah. It's a sack race, right? You guys are in potato sacks. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, yeah. And I'm throwing, throwing turtle shells at him. Playing tug of war, you know, it's like Naru's on the other side, like, hey, boy. Yeah. <laughs> not my version. I thought it was both, you know, Ori and Kuro sitting up on top of the tree and having tea because they were friends again. Yeah. I don't know what game you guys were playing. That's the definitive edition. <laughs> well, that's oh, like okay. the Mario Party tug of war game where, like, you have to rotate the stick really fast in the palm of your hand. Can I see your guys' palms? I want to make sure they're not, like, tore up. Okay, well, that's not it then, clearly. Okay, cool. Your palms are intact. My neck isn't, though, so. Do you have to. Oh. 
What really happened to Teddy's neck? <laughs> I played Ori the Blind Forest, uh, ROM hack edition. You have to swing your neck in a circular motion at 30 RPMs in order to beat the final <laughs> boss. Tease and crumpy. You're playing the 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 uh, connect version. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got disconnected, but you know. <laughs> that was a really good pun. <laughs> Thank you. We, award you. We, we award you one gold star, Teddy. Circumstantialized. VG, any exciting memories from this final chase scene? I liked it. it. The memories is it was an appropriate final moment done once again pretty well. The overall, you know, Mount Horu and the chase sequence, everything about that I really enjoyed in the game. Uh, especially after that, whatever, the ruins place, the initial part. This was way better done, at least in my opinion, and probably the highlight of the game for me. Yeah, this moment was so momentous. I had to pull my girlfriend aside to watch it with me because it was just like, like my jaw was dropping. Like it was just like, you know, I, I think this is the first point, like, because there's only really three dungeons if you look at it here. Right. You know, and, and Ginzo True is pretty momentous when it happened. The second one was, was, you know, I felt not exactly more of the same, but I don't know how much it really changed the landscape of it. This one threw Kuro in the mix. And it was just like, it, it was so it was so challenging. There was such a rush, such an adrenaline rush. Uh, it was, and you know, the music is like just full amplified. Like I was just super invested at this point. I was like, I got to do it. And it's still a lot of like, I think one of the frustrating points is like trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in the moment as you're going through some of the latter portions. Some of it's pretty intuitive. Some of it's not. It's not as bad as like drop through the log. You know, like that's not, it's not like just an obscure technique that you have to like suddenly remember. Um, but I think uh, it was a really well done final segment. And uh, I think it segues nicely into just kind of the end scenes of the game. Sonic Rush. Sonic moment. Are, are you guys good if I switch over to that, or do you guys anything last thing to say about this? I guess boss fight in a way. I don't I know. Something to say. <laughs> okay, Alex, go ahead. Uh, I like the part uh, where the bird yeah. was really cool. Uh, you guys ever like talk to a kid like that? You're just like the kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the kids like. Uh, I like the bird that it had the wings. In the air, that was cool, bird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a, I have like forty cousins. So yes, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard this many times. Did you know that the bird had feathers? <laughs> he was blue and white. Has a lot of dew. <laughs> <laughs> the final boss the... section, Mount Dew. Mount Dew. <laughs> Did you know that the beak is on the face? It it had it was a bird and it had wings, and but the and, but uh, the wings were uh <laughs> like the wings were really uh, like they, it had wings that were really big. <laughs> <laughs> They're like too big, but it could still fly. Fine. <laughs> The quality it, of this podcast has just gone down tremendously. I just want you guys to know. That. <laughs> then the bird flew. It's it flapped its wings. It, it went really high. Let me when you know when you're done. I'm gonna go blind myself. 
that like <laughs> dude i would love to have a like to do an episode but have it hosted by kids instead of us kids like month. halfway through just like su- like so yeah like sub in some kids it's like you guys finish the podcast <laughs> go get some hot wings <laughs> yeah we're gonna go eat hot wings <laughs> uh okay so as soon as that's all done uh fortnite edition by or way. ori and sign barely managed to escape with sign imploring ori to continue to revive the spirit tree as their final goal sign before they can make before they can make it to the tree. It's just Ori like... Jerry! Okay. Before they can make it to the tree, Kuro swoops in and grabs Sign, pinning Ori beneath her talons. Naru, meanwhile, has made it through the mountain and confronts Kuro... At the edge of the burning forest, she bravely approaches Ori and cradles her child in her arms. This act sobers Kuro, who is reminded of her own love for her chicks. Sobers her. She's <laughs> like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> How much did you drink last night? <laughs> Kuro's got suddenly, chicks on deck. <laughs> suddenly, she looks back to her nest, realizing her, that her last egg lies at risk of Horu's rampaging flames. Basically, Remorseful and to, to save her egg. Kuro flies to the spirit tree and returns Sign to its rightful place. Sign restores the tree and sends out a powerful wave of rejuvenating light, extinguishing the fires and obliterating Kuro. The world is saved. And Kuro's egg is nestled safely in a warm bed of grass and its shell cracks as it begins to hatch. And there's your game. There's Ori in the Blind Forest. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm okay. Pack some tissues. Wait until you get the end. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I really like the um, the end boss. Not the end boss, but the the antagonist of the game. Just, I, I really do enjoy when when developers go the extra mile to show their perspective on on things. And I also like how they. And and I know this is not part of this discussion, but how they implemented the things from the first game into the second one as well. Yeah, I like the fact that the that the core uh Koru Koru or dog um that Sora. she wasn't just like e- evil Kingdom Hearts you know. It, it you know honestly it reminds me of um what's his face uh David in the Last of Us where mm. it's just like at, at first you're like this guy's fucking crazy and then you're like no he's not he's like He's just, he has every right to be mad. It's like the same thing with Corey, where it's like, he has every, he has every right to be mad, man. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's a couple themes at play here. There's a nature and just how when you change things in nature, it changes, you know, so many other things that you, it's hard to, and you can see that with like the different escape sequences of just the world changing after you've manipulated it. And then obviously with like, uh, parenthood or motherhood you're just two different moms you know and they can see each other so like yeah you you can you can sympathize with Kuro a lot and but it it, it was kind of brutal to see her get destroyed like that but it's still you, you understand it Ori a game for moms nature versus That's... nurture Charles Darwin's <laughs> experiments proved this mother day this mother's day <laughs> Get your mom Ori in the blind forest. As Carrie Fisher said about Star Wars, 
It's about family. <laughs> <laughs> she also did a lot of cocaine. Just so clear. <laughs> yeah, let's not take away from that. A game about family and cocaine. <laughs> You've got to be this Cute high to play this game. <laughs> Speaking of cocaine, uh, that's a transition. Um, yo, this game is fucking beautiful. I, I can't wait to actually get around to playing the sequel now. Um, but, I mean, I'm not done playing the first one, obviously. But, uh, I got like, a little bit left. But because um, it is like a really nice experience i've i appreciate games like this that like you know the game's not too long i'm at you know five hours 55 seconds and it feels and it sounds like i don't have more than an hour left of the game of you know the you know the main game not the definitive shit um so i i really like self-contained kind of like smaller games like this that it's just kind of like a fun romp to play through in a couple days um i can't i can't wait to play the second one i hope, I hope we do that one sometime yeah, I'm looking forward to the new protagonist, Will. Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith of the Wisps. Is, is this before or after Will, Chris Rock? Will of the Smiths. That's, yeah. It's his redemption it's story, rock. so it has to be after. This... Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you replaced Corey. I'm okay with either. It's a journey back to the Oscars. Yeah. How it all began. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ori. And Will of the Smiths. Will of the Smiths. <laughs> this is a story all about how some birds' eggs got fucked up somehow. And I like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how the Ori in the Blind Forest made me blow air. I pulled up to a nest with a couple of eggs and I show my light. And I was like, yo, I'm cooking. Fuck it, I just wanted some breakfast, and then I pissed off this bird in her nest. What? I can't do any. I, I can't handle Bob, that. do it. Come on. Ori. Uh, first word. What's that? What's the first word? Ori. Well, it has to be an ending word. Wait. <laughs> you like, can't, what are you saying? I'm the protagonist, and I'm Ori. You know? Okay. okay I'm protagonist and I'm Ori. You can say what you want, but the game is not boring. There's a lot of cool moves and a lot of cool jumps. And uh, I I made it all the way through and I took my lumps. VG or next? Oh, man. Okay. Oh, let's see. I played through Ori, and I'm going to play through Whiffs. If you talk about my gameplay, I'm going to slap you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Will Smith. That's right. So aggressive. <laughs> uh, Teddy, VG, any final thoughts? Uh, for me, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The first, you know, the first game I understand it was a pretty solid first entry and I can also appreciate the number of changes they made to improve the sequel. So, all in all, I had a great time with it. Yeah, my opinions haven't largely changed from what I thought. You know, I think it's still a really beautiful and impressive game. Uh I don't 
know if this has really like pushed the boundary for me as far as like 2D platformers go. I can appreciate some of the intensity of it. Um, I do think it is missing out on like some things like boss battles and combat is a bit, you know, underutilized um, in super significant ways. Um, but I get that that may not be the point. I still think it's got kind of an elegance to it as you're kind of running through the game. And I think there could be fun replay value in trying to, you know, die less. You know, I've seen some of the things like you switch to like the super intense mode where you get like one life. And I like, I can't imagine playing this game that way. Uh, you know, especially with some of the escape sequences. But um, I I respect the the conception and a narrative framework and exploration framework and uh i think it is pretty rewarding and it's pretty fun and uh yeah i don't regret playing it it's pretty chill i think even though i didn't play when it came out i think at the time it was just impressive to me that some sort of a metroidvania game like this was a thing um and so i kind of had you know from i didn't beat it till well, I haven't, but I haven't played most of the game till now. But I did play a little bit of it. Uh, but I think in my my brain, my brain's eye, my mind's eye, uh, I thought that the game was more of a Metroidvania than it actually is. Um, and I I want to see how the sequel uh, holds as a Metroidvania. But I think in terms of just ranking it as a Metroidvania, I think other games like Hollow Knight or maybe Guacamelee and stuff do Metroidvania a little bit better than this title. Um, but I don't want that to deter from the fact that it's it is it's still a fantastic platformer. Yeah, I would say that Hollow Knight is a different game, though. I mean, this game sure, focuses sure. primarily on platforming. Hollow Knight is a lot Dark of combat. Souls. So <laughs> it's Dark Souls <laughs> duty. <laughs> I'm actually Bug. down to play Hollow Knight. Bug Souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't played Hollow Knight? I've dabbled in it, but never had a reason to go too oh, far. Oh man, so I would yeah. I would like to jump in there. Really. It's also a really pretty game. Yeah, it's yeah. very well made. Cool. Well, there you go. That's Ori in the Blind Forest. What are your Put in words? the comments. Oh, that's it's great. I, I you know I you know I wish that when I played Will of the Wisps, it, it, like I mentioned, it it changed my opinion of this game. Um, kind of like what VG was saying a while ago when he first talked about it. At that point, I hadn't played Will of the Wisps, so I was curious what his thoughts were. And now, now I'm, I think I'm with him on a lot of what he was saying. Is that it? It took it a lot further. Like all the all the the different things you see, it takes it a lot further, and it's actually a lot more mappable. Like the the areas are a lot more distinct in Will of the Wisps. Like there's like a whole sand area, so like it's there's it's not just all like a forest. There's sand. there's, there's forest actually it's everywhere. It gets it freaking everywhere. <laughs> not like you. But it's it's uh, <laughs> it's got moments where you're actually fighting something and it feels like a boss fight and you, you feel like your combat matters a lot more. So there's in replaying it, I was like, ooh, I don't know how we're going to do map out of this necessarily. But I think I think it turned out all right. And then uh, it, I, I appreciate the game for what it is. Uh, but I would love to do the second one, Will of the Wisps. And hopefully yeah. we can get VG on for that as well. At this point in... Terry should be finished with his essay on why we should have played Halo 2 instead of this. Okay. The map out. Because um, he kept asking me if we we're doing Halo 2. I kept saying no. No, just Ori. We're not doing Halo also. And then I said, um, I said, 
I gave him a hint and I said the game was blinding and he guessed Sunset Overdrive. Not a bad guess, you know, because it's the sun blinding, but uh, it just made me sad that we should have done Sunset Overdrive. I played that one. It's a good game. It's a really good game. Nah, I don't regret this. I think this was fine. I think it was fitting. I was just, I was just, I was just joking. <laughs> Not about, All right. I, mean, I, I do want to do Sunset Overdrive. Just put that out there. For well, the thank you for so the, much for joining for the universe, us. For the ether. Yes. All right. It's out there. Thank you so much, VG, for joining us for Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh, just a correction. You mean thank you so much, Alex, for joining us, right? Because after today's vote, he's going to be the uh, sub, right? I'm the Votes are member. in. Uh, Alex won. <laughs> oh. No, but in the, make sure you put in the comments below who you vote for, VG or Alex. And uh, we may never see Alex again. Who knows? I die after this episode. Oh my god, that would be so about, tragic. I feel bad about saying that. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The ticket um, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> this is between you two. Thank, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Happy Xbox month. Bye. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, don't forget to subscribe to them button mappers.